are now listening to the Dynasty Rewind. Welcome back to the Dynasty Rewind, everybody. I'm your host, Michael Bauer. Very special episode this week because it's always a special episode when you're here, when we're all here. It's fun. Uh, let's see. Nobody's watching right now. I'm surprised Sean is not on. Sean, we are worried about you. So check in with us soon, bud. But uh, before we get started and introduce our very special guest for the evening, I want to talk to you about our friends over at DynastyOwner.com. You're an above average fantasy football player, so you'll likely be interested in a new challenge this upcoming season. Check out Dynasty Owner. They've added a new strategic twist to fantasy football by incorporating the business of football into their game. This is because their salary crap cap dynasty format sorry i said crap is based on real nfl salaries and is such a difference maker that they actually have a patent on it look at that for example Tua signing his 30 million dollar contract doesn't matter much in most leagues but in dynasty owner could his seven and a half million per year per year make him more attractive than russell wilson at 35 million i think so what do you guys think of course you do. That's just math. Dynasty owner leagues are forming soon from people who have been on their wait list, but there's a limited number of franchises made available at any given time. Get on the wait list for an invitation by visiting dynastyowner.com and click on Start My Dynasty. You'll be able to join leagues with cash prize pools or just play for the love of the game. And after you join the wait list, you can test out a mock draft and see how using real NFL salary changes player rankings, draft strategy, and roster construction. Dynasty owner also recently released their new mobile app on iOS and Android. Join the waitlist and download the app now. Please make sure that you tell them that we sent you because that does help us out. So let's get into it. Everybody's quarantined. Most people are quarantined. I've had the fortune or misfortune, however you want to say it, of working every day. A um, lot of startup drafts going on right now, which tells me that in a year or two, there's going to be a lot of leagues failing because people are dropping out. People are starting up because they're bored. But you always need to be strategic in everything you do. Fantasy-wise, anyway, most people... You know, they just go through life doing whatever. So tonight we're going to be talk, talking about startup strategy. Got a very special guest. We're going to get to him in a minute. Until we do, uh, let's go to the backwoods of Virginia or Maryland. Not sure where he is right now, but uh, we got Nate Christian rocking that fantastic beard. Nate, how are we doing tonight? It's uh, the beard's getting old, it's starting to get old. I'm just going to say that one day you're going to see my face and there's, it's going to be gone. It's starting you- to get annoying. Have you done anything? Like, have you trimmed up at all? Or are you just... Every now and then I trim up, like, on, like, the top of my cheeks. Okay. But that's about it. Just because my wife will yell at me sometimes. She'll be like, you look like a mountain man. Like, I'd look like a mountain man if I do that or not, you know? Yeah. But the other night I had chicken wings. And I can't tell you how terrible it is eating chicken wings with a big beard. It's the well, worst. Next time send pictures, please. Um <laughs> So, giggling but beardless, joining us from Arizona, we have Shevin Nooney. What's good, Chev? What is going on, boys? I actually just shaved my neard today, so you're welcome. Your neard? Is that neck beard? <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. But when you eat wings, all you need is a napkin. It just wipes off. You're good to go. Um, Easy peasy lemon squeezy, baby. There we go. That's what <laughs> I like to hear. Joining us also, one of my best friends, Porkman. You all are, but Porkman, you're my dude. Wow. How's it going, Porkman? 
Oh, I'm you know you it, all man. are. I just said a nice thing to you on Facebook before, Chef. Did you even see it? Definitely did. Yeah, I, I did. I saw it. Make sure you well go look. You have a mobile phone. Go ahead, look. Pork man, what's going on, my dude? I'm doing good, man. You know, I'm coming off a big win last week, last Friday against Chef and Madden. <laughs> Hopefully I can, you know, keep it going. This guy, he, pork man. Literally pissed off. I lost eight straight. Okay. I'm a glute this time, bro. I didn't I ain't gotta say nothing. You said it for me. <laughs> eight straight. Come on. Hey. Eight straight. Look at that. I mean, that's that that's happens. something. But you know what though? The streak is about to turn the other way. All right. So pork man's gonna go for nine in a row, possibly. Um, gotta get a no, game. I'm not doing it tonight. <laughs> You're not doing it tonight. You can't you can't start yeah, we're a streak. Oh, okay. All right. Um, no, I'm so, just saying, you know, I might just lose tonight anyway. Well, let me know how it turns out. But um, so let's get to our very special guest, the man, the myth, the legend himself. He's the reason Porkman and I know each other. You know, he has a real name. I don't think he cares what it is. We all just know him as Beezy. Beezy, my dude, what is up? It is so good. We had you on that bonus episode that we did with Porkman and I. So it's great to get you on a quote unquote official broadcast and podcast just weird that people can actually watch me talk uh, sorry about <laughs> all of this i do apologize but bz how you doing tonight dude i'm doing great my man how about you know glad to be here it's nice to get into do an actual podcast you know where it's uh you know that, that the last one was a little bit weird because i had no draft picks in the entire rookie draft so you had the one didn't you no i had none do oh, you had none i thought you had one later oh well no. you had to make sure that you have some this year, oh dude, so I got three, I got I got three twenty one first lock, locking up this year for that league. So, okay, so you I'm can going. talk instead of Nick the whole time. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> but you know, you're talking about podcasts. Um, did I hear the? Are, are we talking about that yet? Do you have something in the works? Can we say that here yeah. for the one person that's watching right now? Yeah. So we got the uh, we got the undroppables. We're doing a podcast. It's called okay. Unscripted. Uh, it's myself, uh, FF Terminator, and Polly Sleepers. Okay. So we're kind of getting it going, and uh, hopefully we'll have the first episode done this week. Perfect. And that's going to be everywhere that podcasts can be found? <sighs> yeah, we're, we got to get it out there and figure that whole thing out, too. But you know what I mean? Like, we got a couple guys working on that right now. If you need uh, any help, let me know. That was a struggle for me, so I'll help you in any way. Uh, by the way, Terminator, you are on the clock. So make sure you get that pick in. <laughs> in case he's watching, we were talking about that. Yeah, he, he, he just picked, so I'm actually on the clock now. Porkman on the clock. Please let us know who you picked then. Um, oh, I know who I'm taking. I'm taking Marcus Peters, defensive okay. back. Perfect. Good pick. Golly, Porkman. Defensive backs all day. Hey, no fly zone, bro. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about some startup strategy today. So um, the startup draft, I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you like startup better? Do you like the rookie drafts better? Personally, I like rookie drafts better. Um, depending on the league, startups can get a little they, – they can drag. You guys all know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, but that being said, the startup isn't a necessity. So one question I have, when you do a startup, do you like doing – rookies and veterans combined or do you like doing two separate drafts because i've done it both ways to be honest with you i don't really have a preference so um nate we're gonna start with you what do you think on that topic all right yeah so if it's before the actual nfl draft then i like how you do it where you pick during the startup draft you can pick rookie picks so, like, in the second round, you're looking at who's left, and you're like, man, I want the rookie 101, and you draft, like, a kicker. And then it just, like, the commissioner is supposed to look at the kickers drafted in order and then 
uh, divvy out the rookie picks. So I like that idea because then you, you know, you can take a big gamble. You know, if you took the 101, let's say in the third round of a startup draft, you know, two or three months ago before the NFL draft, now you get your choice of Jonathan Taylor or Clyde Edwards Hilaire on dream landing spots. So like, that's a nice gamble right there. If it's after the NFL draft, I prefer to have the rookies in the draft. I think just easier. Okay. Um, Chev, your thoughts on that? You agree, disagree? Yeah, so I've actually never done a draft, a rookie draft after the regular startup draft. So I've always done it where we've done it after the, the draft anyways. So I've never had to ever be a part of a rookie draft after our startup. So, I mean, I, I don't mind it. I think it would be, it'd be fun to see what it's like. I mean, I like what – uh, Nate was saying about drafting a punter and you had to do it that way. I think that would be very interesting to to see how it, pin, or how it turns out too. So I've never just never been in one. So one thing I will say, if, if you're the commissioner of a league and you want to do the startup and then do the rookie draft, let's say your roster, I'm just going to throw a number out 30 players and you have a five round rookie draft. Don't make people draft 30 and then drop five. You know what I mean? Just put it at 25 and the draft really um bz porkman your thoughts on that before after yeah, all together um, the way sons of dynasty was set up seeing that was my first dynasty league uh we actually had a split up and i actually preferred it that way okay um solely because you can actually get some draft rookie draft picks like getting rid of some of your guys like in the first round of the vet picks to go to your rookie picks and kind of strategize that way and then you can kind of stretch it out to try to get some drafts for the next season too, if that's what you want to do. So I kind of like it that way. It kind of kind of makes Dynasty more Dynasty, in my opinion. Okay. BZ, do yeah. we agree with that? I do. I, like I said, I like what Nate said a lot. Um, you know, I go with uh, – I've done pretty much any kind of draft you could think of because I'm in about 30-something leagues. But, um, you know, I do like having the rookies in the draft as well just because I feel like – you get a chance to one, you know, take advantage of the rookie hype and really nail some of those, you know, young up and coming vets or whatever that you want to just stack up and they're just falling because everyone's going after the rookies. And it's a, it, I think it's like the best time where you can build a good roster um, and take advantage of that, all those vets falling and all that stuff. So I like that. My, that's my favorite, but I do like having like the standard, you know, you get your rookies and you get your rookie picks and you can kind of build your draft through that, knowing you have your rookie draft after. And so they, they both have their advantages. Okay. Yeah. Um, I did a startup draft actually the week after the NFL draft. And that is probably when rookie fever is at its highest because you mm. just got those landing spots. Um, and I love this rookie class, but in that startup, I barely picked any rookies because yeah. They went so high, and I was yeah. just grabbing value, value, yep. value everywhere. And it was actually great. I mean, I'm a little sad not to have a share of Jonathan Taylor or some of those other running backs. Um, but, man, I had some really good veterans and some good finds. Yeah, but you know how that goes, too, where next year the new class is going to come in, the new rookie fever is going to come in. So you're going to be able to buy the sophomore guys for cheaper. So you could still get the share, depending on who it is, obviously. Yeah, um, who thought that Nikhil Harry would be so cheap a year ago? Oh man, yeah. crazy! Are so right. out on him right now. That's insane. I've just been buying it up, baby. Buying up Nikhil <laughs> Harry, baby. Let's go. And you should, you know, everyone's like, I don't want him. Tom Brady's not there. Tom Brady didn't throw him the ball anyway. No. So no way, right. I think it's better. It could be him. better with Stidham, personally. Mm-hmm. 
So, and um, if you drafted him last year, like, what do you think that Tom Brady is going to throw him the ball for the next ten years? No, exactly. Right. Nope. You have to know going in that it's going to be one to two years and done. Well, you would assume anyway. Yeah. And you know the thing is, is always buy the talent, not the situation. Like, yep. the ta- the cream will always rise to the top. It's a huge thing. Yeah. You know, well, I can't. made I made that mistake with AJ Brown last year. Now, yeah. a lot of us. Said, I think everybody made that mistake with yeah. AJ Brown last year. Yeah. Don't but, make um, the same mistake with CD Lamb. Yeah, don't. Oh, yeah, I, know. <laughs> I am curious to see how Dallas's Cowboy. Oh my God, Dallas's cat. Dallas's, <laughs> Dallas's quarterback <laughs> situation is going to play out. You know, there's a lot of going back and forth with Dak and his contract. So, it's curious to see what happens there. I don't know. It's it's weird. Just take the thirty-five million dollars a year, man. Seriously, <laughs> dude, it's crazy, man. I don't. Well, they got Andy Dalton. He can. He's as some people say he's better than Dak. Listen, the Red, Andy, the Red Rifle, dude. Come on. Andy, Andy Dalton is good enough to make that a playoff team. Seriously. Like they have a great offensive line. They have a great running back. They have fantastic wide receivers. Their tight end core is not that great, but when you have all those good receivers, you don't need to be. And they have an above average defense. So all Andy Dutton, all Andy Dalton has to do is stay upright. I Dutton. cannot talk tonight. <laughs> and he can do that. Um, Andy Dutton. <laughs> Andy Dutton. But um, all he's to do is just stay on his feet, which he can, and they could be a playoff team. Seriously, so Andy Dolan's cream of the crap. That's all I know. I like that, Chef. I'm going to steal that from you, man. Cream of the crap. Yeah, I stole that, that from you. From me? <laughs> yeah, we're not going to have a sponsor next week because you called the sponsor crap. Oh, did I? <laughs> <Your> salary <Sorry>. crap. <laughs> all right, DynastyOwner.com. I know you guys are avid <laughs> listeners to us, so big apologies right there. Uh, Phil Pennington, how's it going, my man? Hey, actually, I want to give a couple shout outs real quick if I could. Uh, I want to shout out to Corey Rosnick. I met up with him about a week or so ago, got him a shirt, found out that he lives really close to me. And, um, another listener of ours, Alexa, her and I are the only two members right now in the PJ Walker fan club. So if anybody else wants in on that, just oh, uh, no. let I'm, us know. I'm a member of PJ Walker. We've your eyes, your eyes aren't even open, so I, I don't know. They oh, are boy. open. <laughs> <Poor Jay Walker. laughs> there it is. I love when he does that. Again. PJ Walker. <laughs> yeah, I love me some PJ Walker, though. He's got, I mean, still got Teddy two gloves, but we'll see. So, um, okay. You know, this is another one, too. This is something that irks me. I just wanted to ask you guys how you feel. How do you feel about doing your rookie draft while the NFL draft is still going on? Like there, uh, there was a couple leagues I was in. They started at noon on Saturday. I'm like, I really want to sit here and watch nah, the rest dude. of this draft. That's too much anxiety. I can't. Yeah. I can't. Yeah, because I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not about it, dude. If the, you, if you, it, why draft? Why draft guys in a situation you have no idea where they're going to end up? Like, just wait the extra two days and then have a you know you got an idea of at least what you're getting. You could have yeah. waited just till the next day. There was a guy that drafted, yeah. you know, Benjamin in the second round. He wasn't even drafted yet. Woof. Yeah, I'm like, um, well, I regret that pick. I was like, oh, we should have waited to do the draft. <laughs> I don't know. It is what it is, but um, I'm not a fan of that. All right, so let's talk draft position. What do you, A lot of people like to obviously draft real high if we're doing a startup. I don't like drafting super high in a startup. Um, I also don't like the wraparound. For me... I like anywhere between like one five and one eight, depending on how big the league is. That just I think you can usually get you get good players there, especially in the first round. 
But then the wraparound's not too long. You're hitting in roughly the same spot every round. I mean, when we did our uh, Dynasty Rewind startup, Garrett selected the the 12 spot. He wanted mm-hmm. that wraparound. What do you guys think about that? I mean, what's your preferred uh, draft position? BZ, let's start with you this time. So I actually love that wraparound right there that Garrett took. There we um, go. So the wraparound right away. So, like, honestly, if I'm going to draft, I actually like either having the 101 or the 112 to start off. Okay. And it just I, I like being on that end. You can just, you know, piggyback your guys that you want. You know, and like I said, too, if you're playing with the rookie draft separate, then, you know, you either got, especially if you got the 112, you obviously got the 101. So it's, that's a huge advantage. Kind of gives you a little bit more of a, you know, you don't have, as you're going through the draft, if you kind of screw a position up like a wide receiver or a running back, you know, you got that 101 to kind of make up that little bit of slack that you're getting. So it gives you, I think it gives you a huge advantage. So that's where I like to draft out of. Um, the only other, usually I, I mean, I don't, it's not out of choice either, but for some weird reason, I'm the guy that gets stuck between 110 and 112 and every single startup I ever get. So I'm just so used to being back there. I've just, I've, I've learned to love it. I embrace it now. Okay. Um, also, Frank Tomko says, just play Debbie if you want to draft that early. Yeah, pretty, <laughs> agree. pretty much the same thing. Yeah. So, um, Chef, your thoughts on draft position. Do you have a preference? Yeah, I mean, I love draft at the end of the draft, too. Just being able to go back-to-back basically on your last-round pick. Okay. Your, so, I mean, I love being able to get – I mean, you can get sometimes you can get Chubb on the wraparound, too, at that point as well. And, I mean, that's just great value for me. And then you're also probably getting – a, a really solid running back as well, or even a solid wide receiver is still going to be on the board too. So I, I definitely like being at the end of the draft. Okay. Uh, Nate. Yeah. So in the, a lot of the starts I've done recently, I get stuck just after like that really, really top tier of guys. So like in one quarterbacks, <laughs> I get like the third pick. So I miss out on Barkley and McCaffrey mm-hmm. in super flex. I get like the fifth pick. So I miss out on Lamar Mahomes, McCaffrey and, Barkley. Oh, so gosh. I'm always just having to pick between Michael Thomas and Zeke, and that's rough, man. Um, otherwise, if I'm not picking like in that very top tier, I do want to be at the end of the first round. I like to be at 11 or 12, probably. Okay, uh, Pork Man, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I'm about the same too. I love the wrap around. One reason why I like the wrap around because I can take my two picks and I don't gotta wait for everybody else. Because that's annoying as hell. I I can't stand just seeing people that's online on sleeper because it shows you and they're just sitting there waiting the clock to just dwindling down. But uh, <clears throat> I like the, I liked a lot of the talent at the end. So like, and I think I might've been in our league. I think I got like Dalvin cook on like the second round or something like yeah. that, like around at my wraparound, which mm-hmm. was pretty good for me because I'm a huge Dalvin cook fan and I took like Tyreek Hill in the first. So, I mean, I like just that. It looks like there's solid talent at the end. Okay. Well, like I said, I like to kind of be right there in the middle. Um, I guess it's all just about present, but everyone likes being at the end. So yeah. <laughs> do I know. Um, trading up or down. Do you guys like to trade a lot? Because, okay, so here's where I get a little bit confused. Um, you, ha- I really want this pick, someone says. And then they send you an offer and they want one pick. All of a sudden you're giving up four. And now they're, you're, it's like you're looking at your screen yeah. – what is going on here? You just want this one pick. And then I'm, I come back with something like, all right, you're in the what? I'll just say 10th round, okay? He wants my 10th round pick. I'm like, okay, give me your 10th round pick. We'll swap that. And give me like 
a 12th round pick or even like a 14th. You know what I mean? Something like that. At that point, you pretty much have you're kind of getting your starters all filled out. 14th, you could start taking a look. And then you'll have, well, I can't pay that much for this pick, but yet you want to give me my 10th, 11th, 12th, and you're going to give me your 14th, 15th, 16th. It's like, you know, what do you guys think about trading during draft? I like to stick with my position and only trade if I get a really, really good offer. Yeah, so I only I only like to trade up if I'm going to snipe Sean uh, in draft. So I sniped uh, <laughs> step Michael, oh, I sniped Michael Pittman from him. He told me he's like, yeah, I, re- I really like Pittman. I think I'm going to snag him. And I was like, well, I like I like Pittman too. I want to go get him. So right when the dude before him got up, I sniped it. I, I traded for it and sniped him, bro. Uh, but I like staying to put it mostly. So I just feel like I never get the value that I'm looking for. Um, when I'm wanting to trade back. So I feel like they just want too much of my picks and I'm not getting enough in return. So I don't know. I, I've only happened one time. and It is the first ever dynasty that I started in that I actually traded back and I've never done it since. Okay. Porkman. Yeah. I'm more of a stick to my picks type thing, but if somebody does want to trade up and take a, um, and give me a hole for something, I'll really think about it, but majority of the time I'll just I'll just um sit back unless you know, like say for instance, I want I see a lot of value that's gonna be like in the ninth round. So I'll just keep trading back and take like maybe like two or three picks in that ninth or or in the eighth or something like that. So I think I did that in Suns last year. I think I had like four straight picks in the ninth round. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like I like I was a genius or something, but I was, everybody just wanted my picks, so I just kept trading back because I didn't like the, the players at that point. But I think that's the only time I really did that. So majority of the time, I just like sticking with my picks. But people like to fleece you anyway. So like you said, you really got to look at if somebody's trying to give you 14, 15, and 16, it's nothing, nothing's really that good. You're just guessing at that point. Yeah. Yeah, I think I took like Alan Lazard, like the 20th round last year, and I was like, I ah. I heard yeah. his name before. Well, a lot of people are but, really uh, high on him. I'm yeah, staying just, away yeah. from the whole Green Bay wide receiver two scenario because I can't predict it, so I'm just not even going to try. So, I mean, if you throw a flyer on him, just let him sit there. He might he might hit, and then he can trade him, get value for him, and then he just go right to the doodle hole. There <laughs> um, so, Philip Pennington <laughs> Jr., I don't know if you prefer Phil or Philip. Uh, so, right now we're going full name. He wants to hear all of Nate's strategies. Uh-oh. So. Because so Phil's in the nerds uh campus to Canton League. Okay. That I'm also in. So um I'm not gonna give away too much. <laughs> but I I like to trade down a lot. Um I already talked about in the campus Canton League, I traded down in some NCAA picks for some uh trade ups in the NFL draft capital. Um I like to trade down in startups because I think there's a lot of um talent in like the those rounds four through nine like Borkman said you know you get those those few top tier guys and then everything kind of looks about the same it's just kind of personal preference so um in a recent startup i did i traded out of the first round and i ended up having five picks in round two three four so five picks in a very i mean you're getting studs at two three mm-hmm. four not yeah. like superstars like McCaffrey, but I mean, you're still getting studs at that level. And I got to get five of them to start my team out, even though I didn't have a first-round pick. So that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking to trade down. And then when I have those extra picks, 
I don't feel so bad about reaching for a guy I really like. You know, I don't mind, you know, taking this guy, you know, maybe a whole round ahead of his ADP because I traded down and I feel like I got value out of it. So. All right. Well, Phil, Philip, there you go. Phil, you prefers <laughs> Phil. I did see that. So, hey, I want to throw you guys some ADP real quick. Um, so this is off DLF's website. Um, I actually really like their ADP a lot. Um, this is one quarterback, obviously. Well, you'll find out why, because there was no quarterbacks taken in the first round. But 112 overall is Clyde Edwards-Alaire. In a st- and this is startup dynasty here. He is going one spot ahead of Nick Chubb, two ahead of Jonathan Taylor. So Jonathan Taylor's at 114. 115 is Josh Jacobs. I'm just going to talk about running backs for a minute, okay? 117. Well, I don't know why I'm saying 170. I'll just say 17 is Miles Sanders. 18 is J.K. Dobbins. I mean, we got a lot of um, better options, I think, at running back here than a guy who hasn't – than these rookies. Derrick Henry at 22. I mean, this this rookie class is making people go absolutely freaking nuts. I mean, like this is mostly – I'm just scrolling down here, mostly rookies. Now, I understand Aaron Jones at 33. I completely get that. Um, I don't know what they're going to do there. Uh, but look at this. Leonard Fournette, who had a fantastic year last year, is the 39th overall pick. So you yeah. have Clyde Edwards-Alaire going 27 spots ahead of Leonard Fournette. Kenyon Drake, who I think we could all agree looks fantastic in Arizona. He's found his, his fit 44 yes, overall. So, I mean, it, it's just a little bit crazy. And then how the money have fallen. Todd Gurley, 53 overall. Yeah. Such a good pick, though. Like, if you can get him late in these startups, like, if even if you're only getting one or two seasons out of him, I feel like you're going to get pretty good pr- productivity out of him in those one to two seasons. That's a shame. Only 25. <laughs> and, and, okay, here I'm going to give you two more because these are two guys that I really like for this year, both of these guys. David Montgomery is at 58 overall. I think he's going to have that's a bounce back value. Yeah. That, that's fantastic <laughs> that's value. Boy. I'm taking David that's Montgomery. Right there. And at number 60, <laughs> I know he's 27, but Melvin Gordon. Huh. Yeah. So let's talk some running back ADP from in here. Are you okay? BZ, you're on the clock at 112. You love 112. Okay. Clyde Edwards Alaire. Somebody really wants him. Are you grabbing him at 112? Are you going to let somebody come up and take that pick? Take And then you're going to take the 2-1, so you still have the 2-1. You're going to let someone get the rookie fever and go for some better value and some good veterans, or what are you going to do there? Oh, I'm absolutely going to trade that if somebody's going to want to come up and get it. Like, okay. after, like, like Nate was saying, I mean, there's so much value in those, you know, two, three, fours, and fives where you're just catching on these, like, just great picks. So I'll let him, I'll let him go for – a nice little package and get that value later on in the draft. Mm-hmm. Easy. You guys agree with that? Or, or are we taking CEH there? I mean, if you really no, like Clyde Edwards Alaire, I mean, I, this is dynasty football and they're like, so I got in, I got, had a tweet out. I know Mike, you saw this a couple of days ago when I just said that Miles Sanders being overrated. How dare you? And that's because, according to uh, uh, Ryan McDowell, he released their ADP for May, and Miles Sanders was the one one twelve in startup drafts. 
Well, see, and, now this is the finalized May EDP, and Miles Sanders is 17th overall. Yeah. So, so uh, I mean, changed a little. 112, I mean, that's your first round mm-hmm. pick, and you got, you're getting a guy for a ceiling there. Like, if with Miles Sanders, I'm saying that Miles Sanders at a first round pick, that's the best he'll ever be. Mm-hmm. Now, I like Miles Sanders, but I don't think he'll ever be more than a late first round pick. So you're buying him at his ceiling. Clyde Edwards Hilaire could be a early first round pick a year or two from now. So I don't actually hate that. I'm sorry. I'm not going to say what's happening in the comment section right now, but I'm just going to just point you guys out. All I can say is Shane Manila's in the house, everybody. So um, I love that guy. You know, it's a good time. Um, He says 112 for Miles Sanders. Or I'm assuming. He's talking about Miles he Sanders. He says way there. too high. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think Miles Sanders at 117 <laughs> is good. If I could find a way to get back oh, to 117 man. from 112 and take a Miles Sanders and then get extra picks and not get CEH, I'm going to be okay with that. Um, now, for me personally, as far as this ADP goes, one spot after Clyde Edwards Hilaire is a guy I like a little bit more, and that's Nick Chubb. Chev, you're a, a Nick Chubb fan, I know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, <laughs> all right. So, all right. So, Shane is, th- I'm sorry, real quick, Chev. So, Shane is threatening me that if I don't say it, there's no date tomorrow. Shane is coming over to my house tomorrow to hang out. Um, he he loves Miles Sanders so much that he'd let him bang his soon to be ex wife. So, hey, uh, <laughs> <laughs> lots of uh, fun happenings at the Manila household. In northeastern Philadelphia, I think is where he lives. So, um, Shane, love you. Got plenty of whiskey. That's going to be a fun date for us tomorrow. But, um, so, Chev, are you taking CEH at one twelve, or are you taking Nick Chubb at one thirteen? What's your preference? Personally, me, I'm going Nick Chubb. Yeah. So, I mean, I've already seen Nick Chubb do it in the NFL. I've seen his potential. I've seen what he can do. I think he's got more to grow on too. I mean, once, I mean. If Cream Hunt goes to another landing spot too, I mean he's got great value as well. I don't know where he's being drafted, but I mean he could be a guy next year that's an RB one somewhere in a different situation. Uh, but I'm definitely going Nick Chubb. I mean this rookie class is really good. They all landed in pretty good spots. I mean there's five running backs that should be pretty solid in the next few seasons. But I don't know, man. I'm definitely going with Nick Chubb. I just don't. I just don't know. There's a lot that could happen. I mean Damian Williams still could be. Biden into that share for the next season. It could be um, relevant enough. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I mean, there's also these guys could be like that class with Christian McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook too. I mean, just the way their landing spots happen. So it's definitely tough. Like his dynasty, you got to look for the future, but I'm rolling with the guy that already has proven that he can do it in the NFL. Um, and to answer your question, Kareem Hunt's ADP as of right now is 77. Um, one spot ahead of him. Is and this is one quarterback again. One spot ahead of him is Michael Gallup, um, and one spot after him is Brandon Ayuk. Two spots is Chris Carson. So Brandon Ayuk, I'd say Ayuk. Here, you want to talk about good value? I'm going to read off 83 to 88. Okay, Raheem Mostert is 83. Then we have Mike Williams at 84, James Conner at 85. I understand that. Yeah, he's had some injuries. We know that. But 
Hey, if you want to let him, when he gets the ball, he bowls. That's what I'm saying. Let him rip off a good five or six weeks and trade him. Hunter Henry at 86, who I'm not super high on, but at 86 for a 25 year old tight end who is extremely gifted and is great when he's on the field, is fantastic. I'll take him there. Miko Hartman at 87. There's a lot of people higher on him than I am, but it's still at 87. And Deontay Johnson at 88. I mean, I know Nate's big on Deontay Johnson, and as you should be. Um, so it's just crazy what – okay, so for example, right here, um, Michael Pittman and Denzel Mims are 71 and 72, ahead of Jarvis Landry. Wow. wow. Yeah. That's, are you taking those guys over yeah. Jarvis Landry? If you no. – yeah, that, I'm not either. I mean, Jarvis is um, – see, where's he at? He is 27, but 27, realistically, he could have another good – six to seven years in the league and be extremely productive. Yeah, he balled yeah. out last year too. He does not rely on he, like you know, breakaway speed or anything. So he can he can be productive into his mid thirties probably. If if I if I was sitting on the clock and I had a decent, you know, a decent room of receivers already, I probably would just go grab Mims because I'm a Mims guy. Same. And my boy. But Realistically, I mean, the, the biggest thing is Jarvis is a value. I mean, he's you got to get him where you can get him right now. Um, Frank Tomko says rookie fever. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. And our, uh, our boy Sean, Chev is taking Pittman over Landry. Chev, is that true? You know, it, it could happen, man. I definitely love Pittman, <laughs> and, uh, especially if I know Sean's going to pick him. I'm, I'm probably going to slide through. It's not going to Yeah, Sean, don't, don't tell Chev what you're doing. Because, uh, you know what? He's hey, going to take your players. I like this, Chev. He told me to do it. It's a good strategy, though. <laughs> I did tell you to do it. <laughs> no, hey, snipe your opponents and make them overpay for guys later. Yep. And, and okay, so what about this? Here's something else I wrote down. Do you draft your own handcuffs? And do you also draft your opponent's handcuffs? Like, um, say, a good team in the league has Dalvin Cook. Has some injuries. Are you going to go ahead and pick up Alexander Madison? Well, I tried to draft Alexander Madison in our league, and Garrett took him ahead of me. That really pissed me that, off. That's so on brand for Garrett, though, taking out Madison. But, I mean, Madison is a good player, so I can't really fault him for it. But I'm not drafting another player's uh, handcuff because then you're just waiting for somebody to get hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, in that offense with Kubiak, he can you can pretty much plug and play. Didn't Kubiak retire like twice too, by the way? He did. But I mean, he was on the Texans. Like, you know, apparently it might just be Houston. It might not be Bill O'Brien. It just might be Houston down there. It could be. Could be. Um, Usually, what I say in those situations too is look at the contracts of the players that are like, you know, ahead of the, you know, the backup. Because with Dalvin, he's not under, he's not under contract next year. So if he gets, if he ends up getting let go, Madison is in a prime spot to become an RB1 next year. So that's where you have to kind of like look at that and say, okay, would it be worth me grabbing this guy and holding him for a year and then maybe it'll pay off? That's kind of how I look at it. Yeah. I mean, even Tony Pollard, like he's sitting behind Zeke and he has a massive contract going on for like the next future years. I mean, I hate it because Pollard is a beast, man. He's shown that he can play when he gets his times, but he's just stuck behind Zeke and there's no room to go. Yeah. It's like that's the worst landing spot for a running back, because mm-hmm. that it well, it's like getting drafted by the Panthers if you're a running back too, right? right. The, and the well, Giants. I mean, the only guy with Reggie Bonifon. 
<laughs> is that the guy they they called the uh, the jet? No, it's Darius. No, Anderson. That's, oh, I'm that's sorry. Darius he's not a You're thinking about um, not a jet. The Panthers for uh, Bonifant. <laughs> yeah. Do they have anybody yeah. else down there? In Carolina, Mike Davis, yeah. right? Yeah, I'm gonna say they, so they, don't, so they don't have anybody Ooh. else down there. In Carolina. <laughs> Where's Holyfield? He is actually he's on the Philly. Eagles taxi squad. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, Practice squad. Sorry. Um, hey, you remember how Chev? You would know all about this. Remember when the Bears signed Mike Davis? How everybody they Scramble. went crazy for him. I can, that's that's Third stupid. down back. He'll get all the points, all the receptions, and then he was yeah. Busy. Like, First oh, drive, maybe going to get so much work. Oh man! All I'm yeah. going to say is that was it was just crazy how that all worked out. Why is that? Because Montgomery's value just went. It did. And you could just, it you did. Could just buy. And you, I was just buying, and it was all because of Mike Davis. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. Hey, so, Mike, you want to discuss what Frank said about the Vikings? You know, if Cook, if they don't re-sign Cook, is Madison the the new starter there, or do they draft somebody like the Rams did with Cam Akers? That's a good that Frank. That's a good. Uh, sorry, I missed that one. Good eye, Nate. Um, I don't know because Madison got some playing time even when um, Cook was still on the field, and Henderson just really didn't do anything. So it seems to me like the Vikings have a little bit more faith in Madison than the Rams do in Henderson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know. And the draft capital was definitely there for Henderson, and everybody went crazy for him. I just kind of stayed away. I'm glad I, I wasn't did. Really high on him coming out as it was. So I mean, when he went I there, was, I mean, yeah, I was like middle of the pack on him. I do, yeah. I do think Cam Akers is going to be well there, do really well there. I mean, he had a crappy offensive line in college. He has a crappy offensive line in the pros, so he should be fine. But yeah. you know, crappy NFL line is still better than a crappy NCAA line. Yeah. So. so- Right now in the NFL, there is so much talent at running back. You know, we're talking about Kareem Hunt. You know, yeah, yeah, he's he should get a starting job next year, right? Where? But where? And then yeah. look at these right. rookie running backs in 2021. You know who'd be perfect, literally perfect on the Vikings? Najee Harris. Oh, oh my <laughs> God. I love Najee Harris, so, man. I mean, they can get him in the second round. Yep. Yeah. Most likely, because you know, running backs are devalued in the draft. Mm-hmm. So why don't the Vikings just take Najee Harris, get him for four years? You know, they could they have Madison and Najee Harris. Who's going to stop that? Why pay Still Dalvin Cook? Uh, hopefully yeah. not me. I don't want to have to tackle anybody. Um, Travis, how you doing? Good to see you. Um, Love Travis, true North guy. Oh, that T Seal. Oh, okay. Yeah. My nice. I just looked my at boy. the first name. Um, so hey, let's uh, pitter patter. Get back to what we got going on here. Little letter Kenny reference. Sorry, dad jokes are abundance. Um, Do you guys draft for best available or do you like to specifically fill out your rosters a certain way? I'm guilty of doing this, but this was mostly when I played redraft exclusively. I would always go running back first round, then wide receiver, then quarterback, then tight end, then running back. You know, I, I had a system that I did. Do you guys do anything like that, or is it always best available? Well, I mean, redraft that does work. I mean, because yeah. you kind of have to, you only have that one year, and you want that stuff running back because after that, that's it. But you know, but you I've have, seen people <clears throat> do that in Dynasty too. Yeah, but I, don't, I feel that they don't really work in Dynasty too much because you have to get the best value, and 
you don't have draft picks to play with and redraft. You got them to play with in Dynasty. So at the end of the day, you got to get the best value. And if if you have that value, you can trade that for other picks as well. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm a I'm more of a value drafter. Okay. So if I see people falling, he was like, oh, I think I should get a receiver here. But just like with example with that Dynasty League we did with with uh with us, I took Dalvin Cook in the second round. I was thinking about maybe taking a receiver there because I didn't think Dalvin was going to be there. But, hey, I'm going to take him there and keep going and watch what see people fall. So I'm going to definitely, definitely value. Don't try to fill out anything because at the end of the day in Dynasty, your draft is going to fill out by itself. Okay. You guys agree with that? You have any different takes on that one there? Yeah, I mean, you just got to see what other people are doing in front of you too. Sometimes when people are zigging, you got to zag and – and you might get a good wide receiver in the, the first round and everybody else taking running back. I mean, mm-hmm. there's so much talent at wide receiver, though, that you can probably wait a long time, too. I mean, yeah, you're you talking about guys with T. Higgins and Pittman and, I mean, all these guys, Mims. I mean, there's a Van bunch Jefferson. of Deontay Johnson. I mean, he balled out last mm-hmm. season and he's way down there. So, yeah. wide receiver, man, is just absolutely stacked. I mean, you don't want to draft Van Jefferson before Justin Jefferson. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I thought it was so funny on the last one that Nate uh, and Mike did uh, with Mike. Was it Mike Huff? Yeah. Yeah. He was like, by the way, he was like, wait, are you talking about Justin Jefferson, the best route runner? (laughs) (laughs) I was cracking up, but yeah, I mean, that's why I I had to ask. You know, so, Hey, we're talking about receivers. That's a great point, by the way. So let's bring this one up. You're saying that there's great values on receivers, right? Mm-hmm. I agree with that because there's a lot of good wide receivers in the league. Who would you guys say? Just quick one word answer. Who is the best wide receiver in the NFL right now? Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas. Julio Jones. Julio Jones. Yeah, I'm going Michael Thomas. Porkman. I think I might go Julio with that one. Okay. Um, so Michael Thomas right now in this one quarterback ADP is going at the one three. Okay, you can get at 16 DJ Moore, 21 is Mike Evans, 28 is Odell Beckham. Then we have Amari Cooper at 29. You even have a guy like Kenny Holiday at 31. Julio Jones doesn't crack in until um, 32. So, you can't get age, though. I agree, but that brings me to my next point. Do we go win now? Do we go win later? And do you start off with the productive struggle? Um, Ryan McDowell has kind of um, – Frank says Michael Thomas, I agree. Um, that's my pick as well. Uh, Breeze is better than Teddy Bridgewater. He absolutely is. Um, so are we going to do – win now? Are we going to do productive struggle? And do you like to have a good mix of youth and veterans, or do you guys go all youth? I think I have one league where my oldest player is 27. I just went for pure youth, yet I'm somehow competitive. So, you know, you guys are talking about value. Julio Jones that late, it's fantastic. Yep. You're you're okay to let him just fizzle out on your roster, to be honest with you, because he's probably going to be productive until he retires. Yeah. So big facts. Yeah. A lot of yeah, a lot of people talk about like five year windows. But I mean, I think you can't point for five years. So I, I like to look at like a two to three year window. Um, and Julio Jones is going to be productive for the next three years. 
Yeah. I don't know who he's going to be in five years, but the next three years he can be productive. And if I can get him in the third round and he can be my wide receiver one for the next, you know, two or three years, that just seems like great value. I mean, it lets me focus my first two picks at running back and then I can just fill him the rest of my wide receiver core after that. Um, another guy I really like to pick up who is constantly undervalued is Allen Robinson. Oh, yes. yeah. What's Allen Robinson's ADP? Let's see where he – I'm going to look him up right now. I would because say Robert he's Woods. A, he's been rising a little bit. A lot of people were talking about him. Sure, have you said? Did you say Robert Woods? Yeah, I mean he's a late value guy too, and he puts up 54. numbers almost every year. Um, he's at fifty-four. Yeah. Allen Robinson is at thirty-four. Okay. Yeah. He's actually T- one spot ahead of Travis Kelsey, by the way. T.Y. Hilton mm. also too has been falling like crazy. Yeah. Let, me, see, yeah. let me find him. I don't think I Hilton think is going to be productive in three years. But he'll be yeah. productive this year. Well, you got a well, you got a water window with Hilton. Yeah. Where is he? Did I pass him? What were you saying, Borgman? No, I was just pretty much piggybacking what you were saying. Al Robinson. His only issue right now is who the hell's throwing him the goddamn ball. It's sure, been his man. whole career issue. It doesn't matter, dude. I mean, he yeah. was the number one <laughs> all day. <laughs> So yeah, I know, I, but the thing is, okay, now if he got fools, he got to feel now fools got to figure him out. Chef, not Chef, Trubisky was just peppering the ball because he was the one re guy. Um, I just hope that it doesn't get all screwed up now. So T.Y. Hilton's ADP is ninety fourth overall. Um, there's actually a ton of good value down here. I'm gonna start at ninety, Darius Geis, which I think. Injuries or not, he's 22. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> 91 is David Johnson. He could have a resurgence. 92, Darius Slayton. Um, I'm not a big fan of number 93. That's uh, Will Fuller. And then Joe Burrow at 95. But A.J. Green at 96. I like A.J. Green a lot. And I, at, 90, at 96 overall, Frank, we are not looking at your roster, by the way. And, um, yes, Sean <laughs> is pointing out Keenan Allen. As another well, he's, he's a good guy. He's another guy that's dropping like crazy. Yeah. Um, but when we're assembling our rosters, do we do we try to tend, you know trend more towards youth? Do we try to because we we do want to be competitive? It is dynasty after all, but we don't want to be really really bad. So, like I said, my one team oldest player is twenty seven. Um, you know, <laughs> how do you guys do it? Do we have a good mix? Do we go all youth? Do we just try to win now and play it like a redraft? Because I've seen guys – that's actually uh, – you guys all know that I love the Backup Fantasy Show. That's how Barker plays it sometimes. He drafts like it's redraft and tries to win that first year and then just has a big fire sale. And you know what? That he, It's worked for him too. So what do you guys think of stuff like that? How do you like to construct your roster? I like the, I like the mix of vets and rookies uh, personally and myself. I just like to see – the people actually do it. Um, drafting rookies is kind of a little bit of a guessing game, honestly, because you can look at some rookie drafts and be like, shoot, these were the good rookies, and like three years later, every street just butt. So I just like to get, I just like to get, like, you know, just proven vets, sprinkle some of the rookies that you know that's going to be good, and just work from there. Because I think sometimes if you go too young, that one year, your first year, would just be terrible, and just you just praying for the next year, honestly. And hopefully, you do well, and then you can trade them for better vets. 
Yeah, I mean, even depending on what kind of league you're in or who you're with, I mean, that league might not even be a, a part in two to three years, which kind of sucks, but you never know what sucks. Yeah. It, I mean, that's a, that's a tough one too, BZ. You know, you're, you're starting off at the 112. Usually, that's what you like it, 111, 112. So I guess depending on how that, that goes for you, do you ever have a specific target? Do you like, all right, I don't, I don't want this position. I just want to, I don't want anybody over this age. Do you ever think anything like that when you're going into it? So with dynasty, when I'm starting out, especially in those early rounds, I'm looking for, I am looking at youth and I'm looking at guys that I feel have the best opportunity and the guys I could see having a real high ceiling, you know, going into the year, we got like a DJ Moore, like a Chris Godwin. They're both young. They both got, you know, Sky's the limit for him. So I'll kind of play around with like guys like that. It's kind of been my stack this year, actually. And then I'll kind of fill out my running backs as I go, you know, keep working my way down. And then once I get near those later rounds, you know, you're getting those guys like T.Y. Hilton. You're getting the A.J. Greens. It's like essentially you're just kind of – you end up not necessarily – I don't think I'm necessarily going for like that crushing win now. I think I'm trying to kind of build it out. But sometimes at the end, you look at it and you're like, wow, I actually got a good shot at, you know, making a run here if these guys hit. So I think youth is important, but don't, you know, don't fade it. Like, don't fade the vets completely. Like, mm-hmm. make sure you're sprinkling them in here and there just to give you that safe floor. Yeah, yeah one you. of those vets. I mean, Emmanuel Sanders, yes. put him in that yeah. Saints offense. I would love to hear where Emmanuel Sanders is at because I'm sure he is pretty far down. He's I mean, that would be a great pick. Yeah. Um, Emmanuel Sanders is a great one. You know what? I, I think he's especially in one quarterback. You can get Aaron Rodgers really late. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're just looking to get, he played so bad last year. He didn't play that bad last year. I mean, it wasn't like his MVP well, compared to compared to what he usually does. Yeah, but I mean, compared to what he usually does, it was, just, it was a technically a down year for him. Technically, because yeah. they changed. It was a whole different offense. They ran okay. the ball. And this is his second year in that offense. He is Aaron Rodgers. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think Jordan Love is a threat anytime soon. You know what I mean? Probably at least two to three years before they start considering something like that. So the ADP on him, I'll look it up right now, but it's got to be low, especially in one quarterback. You know, a lot of people, yeah, I understand you want to do – you know, you want to do the guys like you want to do Lamar Jackson. You want to do Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. You want all those guys really early. And I get that. Daniel Jones, all that good stuff. But, you know, those guys are younger. And, hey, there's times where Aaron Rodgers, who I'm not even finding right now, um, he can get you just as many points, if not more. So have him for a couple of years because there's always going to be the next guy that you can grab in your rookie draft, if that makes sense. Um, so okay, if you're you showing, you're right too, because Adams was out for a while, so he really didn't have nobody to throw the ball to. He so was that's why his stats were down, his value fell as well. Yeah, and Jimmy Frank Graham. Say, yep. Uh, well, Jimmy Graham's <laughs> yeah, gone now. Mail, <laughs> He's one of <laughs> ten Chicago. in Chicago. Um, Frank did say Sanders is at one sixty four. So yeah, Ooh. that. You want to talk value, baby. Chef, you want to talk about value right there. I mean, 164. What I mean, what could we buy? 
Emmanuel Sanders for right now in rookie draft picks, you could probably get him for what a third, a third, yeah, a third. Yeah, that'd be something ridiculous. Like that. Yeah, I mean, he's, a vet. He's, he's in his 30s now, so you can definitely get him for a third. And then oh, even yeah. Drew Brees, too. I mean, he's going super late in draft. So if you drafted a young guy that maybe needs a year and then you pick up Drew Brees late in the draft, oh, it's yep. pretty nice to have that backup. You yeah, know, the one league I'm in, I have um, Jared Cook, the Saints tight end. And people said I was crazy for drafting Adam Troutman in the late third round. But it's like, well, I, I have Cook, and I'll just stash Troutman. And then I have the next guy up. I don't have to worry about it. So yeah. I'm not even seeing Aaron Rodgers on here. I'm just going to scroll all the way down to the bottom and start. From yeah, there. speaking of that, up. Drew Brees, you know, if you're going to get a guy who needs a year, you know, stacking that with Tua is yeah. a really good combo yeah. because they don't have to worry like about – yeah, two is not going to play this year, most likely, if or if not, until the end of the year. And Drew Brees is probably going to play one year, maybe yeah. two. So, you know, you have that nice transition right there. Yep. Ben Roethlisberger also at uh, 242. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a wild, that's a wild one right there, man. He's going he's gonna to have a year. He's got some weapons. Yeah. Where yeah, are you, Aaron Rodgers? I'd be too scared he gets injured again. Might have to draft Mason Rudolph too. Yeah, no. Oh, God. Duck. no. A lot of a lot <laughs> I'm of really surprised well, they did not address the quarterback position this year. You in the draft. and me both. I was I, I think was they're shocked. gonna I think they're gonna run the ball a ton this year just to preserve his arm in the first half. Second half, I think he's gonna blow up. But they gotta give his arm a little bit of a rest still because you can't just go from zero to hundred that fast with a Tommy John. And he got and he got rehabbed pretty early too, so that would just temper expectations in the beginning. Here's a couple good ones too. Ryan Tannehill at 188, Kirk Cousins at 170. I love Kirk. Yeah. yeah. Um, Matt Stafford at 153, Golf at 147. Yes. Yeah. He's only 25. It's way too young for him to be at that low. Um, here, here you go. A little bit older, but Matt Ryan at 135. Wow. Where are you? Aaron this is it shows right that in, it shows that in one quarterback leagues you can really wait. Yeah, you can wait. Right. Yeah. I always do in one quarterback leads. I always fade that position. Um, you know, I I hate missing out on some of these guys, but at the same point in time, I, well, he can always draft a guy in the next year's draft too. I mean, if you really need one. I mean, a lot of these guys coming out are going to be stud muffins, and usually in one quarterback leagues, you can get them pretty late too. So that's the cheapest value you're going to get them at probably mm-hmm. until once they blow up. Well, yeah, right I didn't, now there's three quarterbacks coming out that's going to that's supposedly supposed to hit. I yeah. didn't see Aaron Rodgers on there, but he's somewhere. Hopefully, he broke his leg. <laughs> <laughs> Not a big go pack go fan, are we, Chef? <laughs> no sir. No, I, I didn't think so. Um, okay. So this is my last question, and you guys are obviously welcome to ask any questions you like. At what point in the draft do you start taking chances? Guys that may or may not pan out. You wait till you have good depth? Do you take it earlier? Does Or do you just wait and see what the ebb of, and flow of the draft is? I'm probably not taking early. Like I know you mentioned Will Fuller earlier. I'm not taking a bet on him. At, well, I think you said like 95-ish ADP. Real quick, uh, sorry to interrupt, Nate. Uh, Frank says Aaron Rodgers at 129. Thank you, Frank, for checking that out for me. For whatever reason, I scrolled past him. Still great value. Nate, go ahead. 
yeah, I just that's too early to take a player like that. Also, like Brandon Cooks. I mean, I see that upside. I mean, there's plenty of upside for both of those players in that offense. But at the same time, it could also just be total duds um, with injuries. So I'd much rather take someone like Deontay Johnson compared to Will Fuller just because even though he's younger and Mm -hmm. he's just as proven and he's healthier. So I'm probably not starting to take those chances on those injury-prone players or those players we haven't seen produce yet um, until I have uh, my full starting lineup filled out and a couple bench spots already. Okay. Chev, you agree with that? Yeah, I'm probably right there with Nate. I want to I want to get the guys that I know for sure I trust in. I don't want to reach for a, a Will Fuller and get a guy for one to two games or a, a Robbie Anderson for three to four games, and then he's he's not there anymore. I mean, once those guys blow up, you better trade those guys so you get good value for them. Um, but, yeah, I'm definitely waiting during that time. Beasy? Yeah. I'm pretty much in the same boat. I'm not going to, you know, jump too quick to start and, you know, start adding guys that haven't proven themselves and are just kind of like on a whim. And they, could you just end up in a hole? And then you end up just like the entire season, you're just sitting there going, man, why did I do that? And then you're trying to make trades and trying to get and It becomes a mess. So proven talent, get your roster filled, get a couple bench spots, and then take some shots on some guys later on. Porkman, for you, we're talking about taking chances, okay? Check out this ADP. You're going to love this. This this one's directed right for you. So I don't think – I think you and I are kind of in the same boat on this guy. Lynn Bowden Jr., okay. we're not a fan, right? No. I'm, I'm not a big fan, okay? So his ADP right now is 151. All right, so you want to talk about taking a chance. At 154 is Van Jefferson. I'm definitely taking Van Jefferson over him. Three spots for sure. Up. I'm going to take Van Jefferson a thousand. Well, I mean, I, I mean, Van Jefferson can. Well, I mean, we talk about this every week. He definitely can take over <laughs> that wide receiver three position. But yeah. I mean, Lynn Bowden, when when is he going to be able to get on the field, especially as a running back? They they resigned Jalen Shard. They also have Josh Jacob. Obviously, they have tons of weapons at wide receiver. So where does he fit in it? Yeah. So I mean, well, it's just a dart throw. I mean, maybe. After I don't know how long Rashard's uh, contract was. It might have been like two or three year deal. Two years, I believe. Two years. So I mean, so where does he fit in? Probably has an easy out though, but still, you know. Yeah. Don't and forget yes, Devontae. What's that, Beasy? Right. Don't forget Devontae Booker. They yeah, signed him. <laughs> oh yeah. Ooh. Oh, boy. He's a big threat. Wolf. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, and, like, what what does he do there? Obviously, you know, Van Jefferson is that's my fanboy. I'm about to get him tattooed on my arm. So, <laughs> so you know, then we're talking. <laughs> we're moving down here. Still looking at this ADP. One fifty. Uh, I just lost it. Oh my God, one fifty-five. Right after Van Jefferson, Ian Thomas. That's boy. But that's some fantastic value for Ian Thomas. You don't even have to draft yeah. him early, man. You can wait super oh, late. Like sometimes he might not even go drafted. So I mean, that's a guy you might just stash on your way on your bench, and I mean it could pay off big time. What I've been doing, um, unless it's tight end premium, which I'm just not the biggest fan of, I don't know why. Um, I punt the tight end position and I wait till later. I get guys like Ian Thomas, Dawson Knox, and John O. Smith. Johnny, Johnny, I don't know. 
those are three guys that you can get really, really late, but can be really productive for you. And they're all starters. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think John o. Smith is really going to have a good year. He's got that rapport with Tannehill now. Dawson Knox showed a lot of flashes last year. Ian Thomas has been great when he's been given a chance. Greg Olson finally freaking went away. You know what I mean? I don't get it. I don't get Greg Olson either. Like he is so good at broadcasting. Just go be a broadcaster, dude. Seriously. Mm-hmm. So he's one to play. I get it. Still, you know what I mean? He still's out there, you know. Now he's taking snaps away from Disley and uh all the Seahawks tight ends. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah they got Kobe Porkinson. Kobe Porkinson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that guy though. Um, just kind of scrolling down here, looking at okay. Dawson Knox is at one eighty one. So, where's that? Where's Irv Smith? I mean, it's like Irv Smith. That's my boy right there. That's my that's my uh, later round tight end that I'm going after hard. One thirty three. One thirty three. That's that's Ooh. good value right there. Take yeah. it. You know what? Here's some good value too at tight end. One thirty seven. Hayden Hurst. Yeah, that's big value, dude. That, yeah. That's, yeah. that's yeah. huge. Draft him late all day, man. Yep. All day. And by the way, anybody that says that you have to go QB early in a super flex league is wrong. Um, I did a super flex startup this last year, and my two starting quarterbacks, my two best ones, are um, Josh Allen and Daniel Jones. And I'm happy with that. Yep. I took Saquon Barkley 1 1. Because I've never had a Saquon Barkley share, and I always wanted one, so I took it. So <laughs> we did a we did a double super flex this year, and it was pretty wild how that all played itself out. So I got Saquon at the one hundred eight, oh, and wow. then I this oh, one on, the, on the wraparound at the two hundred five, I grabbed Michael Thomas. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, so then we get into the third round. I started kind of all of a sudden the quarterbacks is just flying. Had to make some moves. I got Darnold at the 301 I traded up for. Then I got Tannehill. And then in the sixth round, I grabbed Tom Brady. So oh, I was pretty I was pretty happy with how yeah. that all worked. Why you but, did it with Tom Brady. Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> greatest quarterback of all time. <laughs> Tom Brady. So, yeah, got, definitely a, a six-rings kid. He's a six-rings kid. <laughs> yeah, but he doesn't have seven or nine. Mm. So. It is what it is. Do you guys have anything else you would like to add on startup strategy before we leave? For the I'm evening? personally a big fan of grabbing quarterback early in Superflex. Okay. Um, maybe that's just because Lamar Jackson just won me the championship all by himself, basically. Yeah. Um, in my home league, but I like quarterbacks. I like having Mahomes on my team, Jackson, Murray, Watson, uh, Prescott, because I know that. I have that guy. Like, if you have Mahomes, you're set at your first quarterback for you know, 10, 15 years. It's mm-hmm. like if you drafted, like, Tom Brady or Drew Brees when they first got in the league. Like, you never have to worry about that position. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's just so nice. And then that second superflex, that superflex spot, that second quarterback, I mean, you can fill that in with whatever. So, I'm not saying you have to go and get – uh, your first two picks quarterback, but I like to grab a quarterback pretty early. That way I know I at least have one stud. Yep. Yeah. Cause it's harder to find, you know, steals at quarterback. There's only 32 starting quarterbacks. So like, you're not going to find somebody like who's an absolute steal that no one knows of, you know, everyone knows every single starting quarterback. Yeah. So, 
And unless you got a top three pick in a rookie draft coming up, you're not going to get one of the top three quarterbacks yeah, either. So. Exactly. They True. go too high yeah. in rookie drafts. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think I grabbed those guys in like the third or fourth round in that startup I was telling you about. So I'm happy yeah. with that. You know what I mean? Uh, Josh Allen, Daniel Jones. Yep. Two young like guys. guys. I'm not going to complain about that at all. I forget who my third is. I think it, I think I just grabbed like Ryan Fitzpatrick or something like that. But my running backs and wide receivers are good enough that, uh, yeah, Tom Brady, 12, wicked good, Sean. Um, my running backs and wide receivers are good enough that if there's a bye week or a one or two week um, injury, I can I can get by with that. Frank says, Watson, Winston, and Jones won me a two QB championship last year. Nice. Congrats on the championship. So, nice. Um, all right, boys, anything else to add before we head out? We're at about an hour, a little bit over. Yeah, BZ, I want to know what are your thoughts on Juju Smith-Schuster moving forward? So yeah, it's a good question, my man. So I'm, a, I'm actually a, a huge buyer. Um, I have him right now in a dynasty. Come on, baby, pull up. I believe I have him as my wide receiver six. So, okay. so oh, I actually have wide receiver five. Okay. So, um, you know, with Ben coming back, I honestly, I think they're going to move Juju back into that slot role. That's where he was most successful when he was playing with Ben. And, you know, they're going to put Deontay on the outside, whether it's Washington or Claypool out there on the other side. I think they're going to use Juju for what, you know, what he's best at out of that slot. And I think he's going to have a big year and yeah. a big bounce back in a big way. So he's actually a guy that I've been buying a lot in Dynasty because his value dips so hard. And, you know, with Deontay Johnson, you know, getting all the hype, he just he became a value. So by that value, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, he might even be younger, a year younger than Deontay. When he's in what four years in the league? I think so. Yeah. 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 So, Juju's 23 right now. So yeah. So I mean, you know, 23, four years in the league. Now, does he stay with Pittsburgh after this year? That's a big question. Mm-hmm. So they, you know, they did change. decline his option, right? No, he he wasn't a first round pick. He was a second. So he doesn't he's, have an option. Yep. Yeah, so he's up. So I thought I thought I saw somewhere that they declined something. On him, um, well, they said they wasn't going. They they might not resign him after this year. Okay. Yep. Well, so Juju's younger him. than Van Jefferson, right? Is that what I'm, what I'm hearing? Yes, that's what I've been hearing. <laughs> wow, how about uh, that? that you I'm pissed, not you saying I mean, you can't compare throws. those two players, but I'm just saying that's just a fact. Yep. Well, I'm going to take. I'll, I'm sorry, <laughs> Porkman. I'm going to take Juju Smith-Schuster over Van Jefferson. <laughs> yeah, I'll do that all day. Hold on, well, Juju or Juju or P Ryan, Mike? Juju. <laughs> it was close though. He had to think about it. He had to think well, about that for a second. Right. You could have him longer, and I think he's probably still even <laughs> almost younger than P Ryan, too. <laughs> P Ryan's not even close. <laughs> well, I don't how know. About, how about Antonio Gibson? <laughs> oh, yeah, there we go. <laughs> oh. Oh, here we go. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> Let's have a little combo right now. <laughs> um, Hold on, I'm getting I... Antonio on right now. Hold on. Let me add him in. Yeah, <laughs> Let's get Antonio in the room. Um, who, who I do know I want? Crazy. I'm still getting tweets about that. <laughs> oh, who dude, you? yeah. Dude, when I, you. when I first came on here, I made, I made a comment about uh, Darius Geis would not be a top 20 back in 2019, and it was all based off the injury, and it went – it blew up. And literally about an hour after that, Darius Geis came on my timeline and started like going at it. And I was like, you got to be kidding me right now. 
And dude, it lasted for like six months. Oh <laughs> my god, crazy! crazy. Not like he, he hasn't even done anything yet. Yeah, <laughs> like, give me. An opinion. I'm allowed to have one, but shoot, if you want, if you, Antonio Gibson, if you would like to reply to any of my tweets ever again, it is greatly appreciated. Also, Antonio Gibson, if you want to drive down to Southern Jersey and square up against Porkman, I can arrange that too. We'll live stream the whole thing with anybody. (laughs) Check those questions, bro. Yeah, you better be careful. (laughs) I'll do a straight water bottle. I'll be like Antonio. There he is, right there. He'll be like, "Who the squinty eyed dude over there?" I'll be like, "That's him. That's Pork Man." You know, I thought Mike was just gonna yeah, invite sleep. him onto the pod. I, I'm sleep standing up. I did invite him on the pod. No, but this dude just loves to fight players in the NFL. Apparently, so. listen, I'll, I'll tell Antonio Gibson where to go. Like, I, I wish you no success whatsoever, Antonio Gibson. You play for the Redskins. I don't. Uh, what do I do? I want you to be successful. I don't give a shit. He just shows you know up I mean? in Porkman's water. If you come on the podcast, right, yo, first of all, I'll take a picture and then tell me to punch me in the eye. Make sure it's on a Friday so I can come on the pod. Antonio Gibson punched me in the face today. I feel accomplished. I'll, like, I'll tell him, like, you could just straight up tear every ligament in your body. I don't even care. You play for the Redskins. You're probably going to anyway because oh, they can't man. keep anybody healthy down there. So it's a curse, yeah. dude. It's terrible. Not the truth. The Dan Snyder curse. But, um, so that's enough of my nonsensory for the evening. I'm not hiding, Matt. I'm out here. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, you're inside. So. Yeah, I mean. um, but a- Antonio Gibson, if you want to come on this fantastic fantasy football podcast, you're welcome. I'm sure you're a listener. Um, yeah. Before we go, I should have asked before, and I apologize. Does anyone have a verse for the evening? I got one. If if unless Nate got one, you got one, Nate. I mean, I got one too. Bring the fire, son. Well, you know what? Why don't you guys both do it? Let's see what you both have. We could we could do more than one. There we go. All right, All right. Chef, you go first. All right. So mine is gonna be a Mark 12, 30 through 31. It says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than this. I mean, there's just so much going on right now we got to love on each other and hear each other out man like it's what we need in the world it's what we have to do to make everything right we got to make sure we're listening to our brothers and sisters and not just closing our ears we have two ears for a reason and one mouth so definitely just loving on each other and listening to what people have to say and growing during this situation and becoming a better nation uh, is definitely what we need to do during this time Yep. And in the same van, I got Philippians 2.2, which is then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and one of mind. Just about, you know, as a world, as a country, uh, as a community, just being unified, um, you know, treating each other correctly. Uh, we're all the same. We're all humans. You know, just kind of that's what we need right now. We just need some unification and we need some understanding and some communication. And uh, hopefully we can figure everything out. Because we have uh, a lot of stuff to deal with um, between what's going on right this second, as well as uh, coronavirus, which is also going on right this second. So, I mean, there's a lot going on right now, man. 2020 is a crazy year, and we need to be together if we're going to get through it. Absolutely. It's crazy. We really do need to be together, especially, you know, me as a black man in America. Seeing all this stuff is just, it's it's heart-wrenching, especially, you know, 
the protesting. I'm definitely down with the protesting, but people, you got to stop the rioting. Just, yeah. we're tearing down our own neighborhoods that we live in. Just have a nice, peaceful protest so we can, so they can understand where we're coming from, and we just got to move forward. I'm already nervous about the cops. You know, I drive every day, deliver water. This is what this is what I do every day. Cops driving past, get all shaky. But you know what? I shouldn't have to feel that way. So hopefully, we can have some type of reform so we we can bring this all together, become as one. Yep. Got all my all my black friends. I've, all my white boys on here, love all you guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, pork band. Sadly <laughs> enough, too, I had to worry about the cops around here. It's a good old boy system in Northampton, PA. If they don't know you, they don't give an mm-hmm. f about you. My house could be burning to the ground, and they wouldn't stop to whip it out and pee on it because they don't know who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the sad part of living in Hicktown, Pennsylvania. <laughs> um, I did have actually when I had a Civic, my car got stolen. Uh, my Civic got stolen. Um, and they said, well, there's not much I could do about it. And I said, well, then maybe I should stop paying taxes for the borough for a while. Um, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see if that motivates you. How'd that also, go? Um, yeah. well, after I told him to get out of my kitchen, if he's not going to do anything, it went over pretty well. That being said until next week, BZ, thank you so much for thank joining you. us, man. Like, thank you. It's yeah, great. Thank you. You appreciate know, you pork, all, man. Pork man. You know, I can't say that I live in your shoes. Obviously, we're very different. Um, you're black, I'm white. In case anybody who's listening or is watching hasn't noticed, that is the truth. But I can tell you one thing right now. Um, the thing that gets me the most is this. And I, I don't talk about this a lot because social media is not really a place to be talking about that because it's basically, I like bananas better than oranges. What about strawberries, mangoes, and peaches? You need to educate yourself. And that's the sad part about um social media. So that's why I don't do many things that are argumentative on there. Um, Sean, we love you too. But that being said, um, this poor gentleman uh, that was killed in Minnesota, what really gets me is he was not given a fair and due trial. Was he breaking the law? Maybe. Nobody will ever know. And even if he was, it doesn't matter. There was no justice for him. What kills me is that pork man, that could have been you because of the color of your skin. And that's what kills me. If anything happened to you, I would flip the F out. That's just God's honest truth. So the fact is we all need to be better as a people. Okay. Mm -hmm. When I say I want to beat up Tyreek Hill, it's not because he's black. It's because he hit kids. That's just how it is. Pork man, as a black man, you face stereotypes your entire life. Correct? Mm -hmm. Basically what these Minnesota police officers did was they made that little girl a stereotype. She is now growing up with no father because of their transactions. And that's not right. We need to be better as a society. Trying to, I'm sorry to get too deep here, but the fact of the matter is, this is what's going on in America right now. This is the world we live in. We need to get better. Sporkman, I love you. Chev, Nate, BZ, I love you too. Everybody that's watching, everybody that's listening, I love all you too. I may not have met some of you, but I love you. I want to make sure that I can come back every week. I want to make sure Porkman's here every week. Chef, Nate, and BZ, you're welcome back anytime for the record. Absolutely, mate. Let's go. Yes, sir. We need Let's more love. We need less hate. It's that simple. So yep. love respect it, your neighborhoods. Yep. Respect each other. Hate to say it. You got to respect the cops, too. Um, and if you hate them, don't call them. That's the way I see it, too, right? So um, <laughs> thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> so that being said, 
we'll stop getting heavy from there. Let's send us off. BZ, where can we find you on Twitter? Where can we find the Undroppables? Where can we find Sons of Dynasty? So you can find me at the BZBFF on Twitter. Uh, we're at Dynasty Sons for the Sons of Dynasty and at the Undroppables. And you can check us out on uh, cantcutlist.com is what we're at now. So, And then the podcast coming out, um, Unscripted, will be out hopefully this week. I just want to take a moment and say cantcutlist.com. Calm kid. He's letting him hang out there. Sean before the storm. Sean, you love the New England <laughs> accent. So uh another guy who likes New England, Nate, where can we find you on Twitter? You can find me at Nate NFL. Putting out some great tweets, some really fantastic content, as is our very own Chev and Nooney. Chev, where can we find you on Twitter? <laughs> I don't know if I'm putting out much content. You're just, but... <laughs> you're just awesome. You being awesome is content. That's all I can say. But where can we find you? Yeah, you can find me at Chev Boyardee, Boy with an I. And Porkman, where can we find you? You find me at FF Porkman. You remember everybody for breakfast tomorrow? Bacon. Bacon, baby. <laughs> oh, Porkman, you will be happy to know. I'm trying to get a video of it, but I can't. Cora cannot say bacon. Bake time. Yes. Yeah. So, but it sounds like bacon. That's but awesome. I know what I'm you said. I'm gonna get her. Nice. That, I'm gonna get her a nice stuffed pig. I'm not gonna tell you when it's coming. It's, you're gonna know where it's from. All right. That's that's fine. Just don't make it too big. She has enough stuffed toys already. Um, that sounded really <laughs> gross. But that being said. Until next week, if you are so inclined, you could find me on Twitter at the Bauer 85 Not a lot of substance there. I would prefer if you follow the show at Dynasty Rewind. Until next week, everybody, I don't care if you rewind, but make sure you are kind. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We will see you in seven days.